0: Welcome to Trials and Tribulations. We're bringing another special episode to you, very own Uncas baby. You already know, praying man, round Mr. Farrelle, Uncle Uncas Kaminsky. You know what it is, man.
1: Trials and Tribulations. Every Tuesday night at nine o'clock, man. Young know, niggas
0: know what it is. Tap in, baby. We out here. Mm-hmm. CTS on the road, baby. Another Tuesday episode coming to you live and direct. We are on the road here. We had another special guest. I'd like to welcome to this episode. I'll, I'll do, let you do the honors. Introduce yourself and where you from. You. One more time. You. Oh.
1: Yes, yeah, your boy, Mr. Cram Man, Rockstar, Casa Cavalli, Mr. Call me everything but broke. Casa, man, the building, in New York City.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This podcast is designed, you know what I mean, to dive into people's stories, to inspire those that may be going through a struggle time and uplift them, shed light and empower you know what I mean, the dark times and let them know that there's still light at the end of the tunnel as long as they keep going. It may not be tomorrow, may not be next year, but that success will come as long as they keep stomping the grounds. That's a fact. So <clears throat> what was your life like growing up here in the city? Well,
1: <clears throat> growing up in the city, I grew up... <clears throat> Like I grew up in um in the '80s, Harlem. Growing up, I was born in '79, so I never been in prison. So I seen all my time out here, minus a few days. Um, growing up in Harlem, I was like the crack era. I seen the, the emergence the of crack. You know what I'm saying? I seen what it did to the city. I seen what it did to some of my <coughs> closest friends' okay. parents. You know what I'm saying, and you know that was a real. It was like a, a bittersweet time growing up in Harlem. You know what I'm saying. It was a lot going on. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying. But made it through. You know what I'm saying. Growing up here, drug dealers. You know what I'm saying. The murder, murder game. I ain't lose when I was coming up. I, I ain't really lose too many friends. You know what I'm saying. I ain't gonna lie. A lot of my niggas wasn't dying like the kids doing nowadays. I probably went to two, three funerals when I was a young kid, like, for kids my age, you know what I'm saying, but it was fun growing up, you know what I'm saying? You know Harlem is flamboyant, it had a lot going on, it was a lot of life, a lot of money, a lot of things going on, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's normal, like any other hood. You got your you got your drug dealers, you got your, your niggas that play ball, you got your local weed niggas, you got your bad bitches. Same thing, just a different area.
0: So, what was it like? You know what I mean. As a child in that in that area, you, you talk about the crack, you talk about you know what I mean the projects and and, and sh- straight up poverty areas. You know.
1: Well, like I said, growing up at that age, you don't really you you don't you don't really know what's going on like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna sit here in front like I really knew what was going on. You know what I'm saying? I knew what was going on to a certain um level but it was underworld going on in new york you know what i'm saying that kids my age didn't really know about unless you was like hands-on it was kids my age out hustling 13 14 15 hustling but for the most part you know i grew up in normal life i used to be in gymnastics going to the park flipping on dirty mattresses i grew up dancing i grew up right writing, writing on the walls you know normal you know hood shit, you know what i'm saying smoking weed you know, not too much extracurriculum shit. I always put myself through shit to stay out the way. You know what I'm saying? I used to go to this acting school up on Olinville Avenue in the Bronx called Mind Builders with my one of my best friends, Aaron. You know what I'm saying? So we was putting ourselves through acting and drama classes and shit just to stay out the way. You know, I was still hustling and all that, but for all the extracurriculum shit, not to be locked up or die early. You know, I put myself in you know activities to do. To you know, expand the arts that I know I had besides the street shit.
0: Absolutely. So, at what age would you say you uh you want to take take to the streets and, and start playing around in that type of field?
1: You know It don't never be no age. It just kinda happens.
0: It just you know came upon saying? you.
1: Like probably like my first. I tell niggas all the time. My first drug transaction, like a was like like five six years old. Involuntarily, by my pop strapping drugs to me, sending me in a building, somebody taking drugs off me, taping money to me and sending me back out the building to my pop. So i say like five years old.
0: Would you consider yourself a leader or a follower at that age?
1: A leader or a follower? I don't really know what the fuck was going on at five, six years old. I was just here. I was existing. You know what I'm saying? I ain't fully grasped into my knowledge of knowing what the fuck was going on. But I remember what happened, so that's why I can tell you that.
0: So as you develop, you figure middle school, because you, you made it all the way through high school, right?
1: Yeah, I, I left high school around 10th, 11th grade.
0: Well, at what age would you say it started getting troubled?
1: I was. I never had a troubled life. Okay. I ain't so. going to no, say anything. I grew up, my mom's wasn't no fucked up.
0: So you grew up no in, in grew a well-green...
1: I grew up with my moms and my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? My pops, he, he was... I wasn't. Wouldn't say he was there, He was existing. He was around. You know what I'm saying. I know what my pops is. You know what I'm saying. But I grew up raised by women. My aunts, my mother, my grandmother, shit like that.
0: I mean, you're you're growing up now, but did you did, would you feel as though it impacted your childhood not having your father around?
1: No, nah, not really. I ain't really give a fuck after while. After growing up without a pops is normal from where I'm from. So a lot of my niggas ain't have pops, so I really see it as nothing. I ain't paid attention to that shit. I was worried about feeding myself.
0: You've always been musically inclined?
1: Very early, very early. My mom's always played hip hop, Motown in the house since I was born, you know what I'm saying? So I'd say around the age eight, nine, when I started rapping, you know what I'm saying? Um, A couple of family members had um, lost their crib due to um, some circumstances back then and they moved in with it. So it was like close to like nine to 10 people living in a one bedroom apartment. You know what I'm saying? This I uh, like a nine. Uh, it was like nine people living in a one bedroom apartment. And my uh, god brother Matthew, he used to work for Kenny System at Yankee Stadium. It was like a parking. Like uh, he was basically like a uh, like a parking assistant. And every night he'd come home and he'd just be beating on a chair and writing rhymes. So one day he was writing rhymes and he got like stuck on like a word, he, he needed a word to, or a rhyme with Honda. I mean, Wanda. And I said, Honda. And he was in, he was, seen him like putting it together in his head, he was like, oh shit. Yo, good looking, tone. you know what I'm saying? And then from there, it was like they moved away like probably six months later and he left his rhyme book. And then me and my moms moved, my grandmoms. And the last thing that was in that apartment was that rhyme book and I just took the rhyme book Know what I'm saying it's you know, the kind of structure to see how to rhyme and shit like that.
0: So, uh, <clears throat> I heard you, uh, you know, Rich Porter, huh? Yeah, I grew his up with his brother.
1: Yeah, I grew up with Darnell. I went to school with Darnell.
0: What was that relationship like?
1: It was cool, it was like. I won't say we was the best of friends, but we went to school together. You know what I'm saying? And like, he, he was the kid that would buy everybody Icys at lunchtime, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of fucked up because we was young. We really didn't, you know, when you young, you 12, 11, 12 years old, and your friend get kidnapped, you don't really know what's going on. Like, ain't until, like, 15, until 16. And when I start hearing the stories, the really grabs were like, that's what was going on. You know what I'm saying? back then so Donnell was a cool kid you know what I'm saying he really ain't deserve that they actually um they we got a petition out that's going um I'll put the link in my Instagram page later on tonight um it's a petition to actually get his own block named after him so mm. that's what's going on right now so shout out and to the Porter family Larell Pat AZ you know all the porters rest in peace Donnell Rich Miss Velma
0: rest in peace brother <clears throat> What artists do you re- enjoy recording with the most and why? Um,
1: Juels, Cam, Lupe. Like, those are some of the best people I like to record with.
0: Okay, why do you say that? The chemistry.
1: It's
0: just a unique set, huh?
1: Organic. Like, it ain't, it ain't no made-up shit. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nothing structured. You just go, like, let them clips off. You know what I'm saying? We always, had, I always, like, send it. At, like, thought, like those is niggas that I lived with. We woke up, slept to beats. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, those is the niggas that I, I, I enjoy the most recording with.
0: Mm. You know what I'm saying? Now, your era of coming up in music, there was a lot of other clicks in, in music and everything in the area, Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I came up in a in a, in a different type of era of hip hop. It was a bunch of MCs coming up. Um, when I was coming up. You had uh you had a vacant lot, that was Mino, Hot Ones, Dame Grease, you had um the Teamsters, you had Mike Boogie, you had Trooper J, you had Murder Mace, you had Cam. You had you had a lot of MCs, baby Thad. You had it's a lot of it was a lot of people out in the battle game that it's like the, the battle scene back then is not like what the battle scene is that you know it today more commercialized like you go to a nigga block with 15 of your niggas and y'all niggas spit it wasn't no personal raps it was all about who had the dopest shit you know what I'm saying it was a bunch it was a, man. I can name over a hundred MCs that was killing shit back then but you know niggas like Los from um from B More used to come to Home 45th. We used to go at it all the time. I went at it with Cassidy when he first came to New York. You know what I'm saying? Me and my niggas went went up to uh to uh the Rough Riders studio and battled uh Cassidy and his Lost City niggas. Mm. I remember one time um me and Lupe actually battled over the phone for two hours. No, we actually battled over the phone for like 45 minutes and then when we met each other in person, we battled for two hours. That's how shit used to be, just random. Like that's how shit used to happen. Me battling, uh, drag on, random in the rain on 145th, one rounder. Whoever mm. got the best just words, flame, just flame. That's how shit used to happen. It was never shit like planned. Like nowadays, it's a date and shit like that. This is a card and niggas getting money for it. It wasn't no money for no. What's battle. your
0: personal opinion on that? I mean, from nowadays to, to back then. I mean, we both know it's all watered down now, but like. Give a little self-explanatory on that. Today,
1: today I feel like the battle game that I came in was uh, WWF. And this shit is WWE. It was more realistic. Like when Jimmy Snooker get bust upside his fucking head by Macho Man with a a bell or some shit. That type of shit. That's just for real. (laughs) Like I came from Jimmy Snooker era. Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik junkyard dog Mm.
0: just to name a few this
1: shit nowadays (laughs) that's back in the
0: day man that brings back
1: this shit nowadays is gold dust niggas like that undertaker and niggas popping out of you know what i'm saying this shit is it's 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 different it's it's you know it's entertainment it's more entertainment now
0: i mean that's the life that we live in you know everything's fucking computer animated and this that the third and
1: but the reason why I was like that was because anybody can make music now. It wasn't as easy as to get studio time back then. You know what I'm saying? Me, Taj, we used to spend hundreds, thousands of dollars in studios. You know what I'm saying? Studios until we got our own.
0: Now, so would you say the price is more back then than it is now?
1: Hell yeah. You had to go rent studio time. Now you can get a an micro, uh, 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 M-Audio microphone, plug that shit up into your laptop, turn on GarageBand and make a record, upload it to... Uh, SoundCloud and hope it hit. That's how shit is nowadays. But back then you had to book five, six hours. Might it might be fifty to a hundred dollars an hour. The engine the engineer might not even be that nigga to have your shit sounding the way you sound. Was the one we went we it was definitely harder than it is now to make music.
0: Who's the best engineer that you work with?
1: Um I'm working I work with the great, so I will say um Young Guru, uh, Sal, Red Bricks, uh, Syracuse. Bunch, of, you know. I work, with, I work with top-notch niggas, so. But I say, for our sound, for like hardcore rap, Sal from up up in Syracuse, or Young Guru, you know what I'm saying? Those are the best engineers I've worked with, you know what I'm saying?
0: How would you measure success?
1: Success is a perspective. So success don't always come within wealth. Success can come within living, good health, knowledge. That's success. Success is whatever you want to make it. Success is whatever achievement and whatever accolade that you celebrate. That's what success is. Success is not always money. You know what I'm saying? That's how I measure. I, su- I measure success off of a uh, Character. Cause it's a lot of it, you can be a rich motherfucker, but you can be a dead asshole. Like m- money, like money, nowadays is, is ego driven. You know what I'm saying? Everybody going off for of ego. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about it. It's perspective. A homeless people, a homeless person can be successful by just getting a meal today. He might have not ate yesterday. Today was a successful day. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's how I measure success. It's perspective.
0: I know you've had a lot of relationships in your in your in your journey. You've been uh, friends with Karen Civil.
1: Yeah, I was in a relationship with her at one time. Shout out to Karen Civil; she's a very successful woman right now. You know what I'm saying?
0: Would you like to elaborate on that relationship? Not really. Okay. What was it like your first time performing?
1: I've been performing since I was a little kid. It started in church. Okay, you know what I'm saying? so it's it was just natural
0: for you to be up there. It's just natural. No butterflies. No, I no. Not, f-
1: I was, I wasn't the nigga that was going to the park to play ball or none of that shit. If I went to the park, it was either a smoke or to flip off of some shit. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a, um, a basketball player. He's runner. one of those
0: park kids, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the park for extra curriculum shit, hustling, smoking weed, flipping. I wasn't an athlete, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I always want to entertain. For Christmas, always told my mom to me a keyboard, a microphone, solid gold guitar, drums, beat machine, shit like that. I never wanted a basketball, football. Bring that shit to me on Christmas and shit. That shit gonna stay in the plastic. Oh, I'm gonna give it away. I wasn't one of them niggas. Straight entertainment, always studied the best actors, the best dancers, the best poets, all that type of shit. I was always into entertainment. I always knew I was gonna rap, always.
0: So did you uh, did you always spend your time in school? You know, you said you, you studied you studied art and you started studied these actresses.
1: I got knowledge yourself.
0: So what how can you say? suggest it to the average kid? You know, what I mean, because now nowadays a lot of kids have ADHD. You know, what I mean, they have learned dis- disabilities. They don't want to learn. The parents they ain't teach them. What, what can you suggest to the youth now to make sure you? Know what I mean, you can be successful.
1: Be self taught, teach yourself. If, somebody, if, if, if the curriculum is slow, that somebody else is teaching, teach yourself. Knowledge is not—it's not a—it's not, not a race for knowledge. Knowledge is infinite. You—you you can never stop learning. You can never stop learning. Absolutely. You can stop growing. You can do a lot of stuff, but you can never stop learning. It's all by choice. It's all about choice. You know what I'm saying? You Learn every day. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: what has your—what has been your biggest obstacle in life?
1: Being myself. Not switching up, not compromising who the fuck I am for somebody else to be happy with me. I was my biggest obstacle. So you didn't bend or break, You just was you? Just me. Either accept you or not. Niggas is like, yo, get contacts. You'll never get a record deal. I ran through three, four record deals. Change your glasses, you'll never fuck bad bitches. I'm gonna fuck niggas' baby mamas. Went around the world, made millions of dollars. Is that true you got a toe fetish? Oh, huh? yeah. Super okay. foot fetish. Love okay. love pretty feet.
0: Doesn't matter the size. They big, chunky ones? Or
1: nah, you gotta be, it's, I gotta gotta be precise, right? Foods, but you gotta, you gotta keep the toes done. You okay. know what I'm saying? You can tell a lot about her, oh, the way the woman keep her feet. She keep her feet and her nails together. She keep everything else together.
0: I know you got some interesting stories. Yeah, of course I do. Let's, yeah. let's hear one.
1: Like, far as what? What type of story? You want? You,
0: you're toe fetish. You know what I mean? Let's, nah, I ain't really j- got
1: no... No story about no toe fetters, but it's just oh, okay. like, you know, um, like I I, I used to have, when I was on Twitter heavy, I used to have the uh, the color of the week, and girls used to send me they, the pictures of their toes after they get the color that I picked. I'd be like, Yo, the color of the week is tennis ball green, and you have a bunch of 50, 60 girls on my Twitter sending pictures of their feet of the c- color that I picked, so you know i I, just, I always been attracted to pretty feet. It's just some shit that, you know, a lot of my niggas ain't even fucking with feet. You know what I'm saying? But I'm down with the foot fetish world.
0: Definitely. Okay, okay. We all have our own preference. Definitely. What are, you, what are your goals and how do you set them? Um, hmm.
1: I don't really set goals. I just execute shit. See, Anything I put my mind to, I'm just saying if I wanna do it, it ain't I ain't gonna it ain't no goal to do nothing. It's like if I wanna do it, I'm just gonna do it.
0: And if the world aligns itself, it's gonna happen.
1: If it aligned itself, sometimes you gotta make the world align. We gods. Okay. Sometimes we gotta we we can we can we can create. So that's what I do. I don't go off About and, a lot and I ain't attraction. Setting, I ain't, ain't set no goals you could, with a lot of goals comes with failure and, and disappointment. So I just execute shit. It's like if I say I'm going to do a movie, I'm going to just do it. ain't no goal to do it. It ain't no time limit to do it as long as it get done. It's about execution.
0: Now, you belong to a powerful team back there, right? Yep. Who was that? The
1: almighty Dipset, the <laughs> almighty Senate, one family, Purple City. I was among a lot of things. I brought a lot of things. You know, I'm a part of a lot of things. I never... Uh, um um. It was never. It's not a separation within Taliban, Purple City, Dipset, Senate. It's all one family to me. That's how we came in the game. Niggas made it separate. You know what I'm saying? But we we was one one family. But
0: what What's your take on that? What do you What, what do you feel as though why it went separate?
1: Egos and money.
0: So, if you could go back to that time, would you Would, would you like to see anything different?
1: Only thing I do different is not fuck with a lot of niggas.
0: So you I'd, wouldn't put I'd put choose. those eggs in all the baskets.
1: Yeah, I would I would have did things totally different. I wouldn't have been so personal with niggas. Everything would have been business.
0: No, you had a couple drops on them, right? On a couple on a couple albums there on on, on that one there.
1: Yeah, the, the most the most uh, infamous one is the Diplomat intro. If you go back to the Diplomat albums, I really wasn't. On the albums like that, I had I had moments. You know now I'm why
0: saying?
1: is that? You know, that shit, you gotta ask the people that controlled it.
0: How how do you take from that? What do you what do you know what I mean? What's your position on that?
1: I'm grateful for every moment I had. It's about being grateful. You know what I'm saying?
0: So you enjoyed? You know what I mean? What you experienced?
1: I loved it. Even the bad shit, cause it wasn't a I ain't, it wasn't a loss. It was a lesson. See me and my niggas, we don't lose. We learn. It's a lesson. If you're a loser, you just a loser. Because something ain't happened the way I needed to be or I wanted to be, don't means I lost. I learned from it. I learned how to make that shit happen.
0: When did you get your first record deal?
1: Like, my first record deal was like yeah, an independent deal with Selecto, like, when I was like in 93, I had a rap group called Triple R. Uh, rough, rugged, and roll with this kid named One Saw and my other brother Lamont. Um, I actually met one Saw when um, I was getting surgery on my foot. I had stepped on like a piece of plastic, it went like two, three inches deep in my foot. And the kid that was in the chair, the room with me in Harlem Hospital was in a full body cast because he him and his sister had got, got hit by a bus. You know what I'm saying? And, um, we got cool, and as years went on, I turned like 13 or something, and this kid walked up to me one day and was like, yo, your name is Tony, your name is Antonio? I'm like, yeah. And I looked at him, like, I'm like, yo, you look familiar. And it popped off in my head. I seen a body cast in a face. I was like, you one saw? He was like, yeah. From that day, it went from us reuniting from the 80s to the 90s to two, three days after we reunite, we started a rap group. First time we ever performed was at this club called Indigo Blue. I don't even know if it exists no more. I remember we took first place in a talent show and we got the rap for Scarface. Back in the days,
0: what was that like? It was
1: it was it was dope. It was it was dope. It was dope. I was young, so you know I was just happy to be people to cheer me on when I was on stage. You know what I'm saying? That was the you know I met a lot of people in my life, so you know. I never, get ex- I never got excited to meeting people. You know what I'm saying? It just naturally happened. Being from Harlem, this is where a lot of shit go, go down. So meeting people was never like exciting for me. It was just an experience.
0: You was friends with uh, Juels, right?
1: Yeah, I love him. J- Jules, that's my brother. So I haven't he's... spoke to him in a while, but I um, still family.
0: Out of choice or just busyness and stuff? By
1: the way of the world, man. Some people grow apart.
0: Do you wish things were different?
1: No. Okay. Things, like I said, things are the uh, things are the way it's supposed to be, man.
0: You don't question. They just accepted it for what it is, and
1: that's it. You know what I'm saying? I don't regret nothing. I don't have no bad blood with so it's not like I I regret anything. I don't have no bad blood. It's just like people grow apart. You know, we all old up. We all, you know, we all have uh, kids now. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're doing other things, you know. Shout out to G. in and his own new venture, I Can't Feel My face. Shout out to him, shout out to Lil Juju, his son. Proud
0: of him, keep working. So what's up with some music? When's, when's the last time you, you dropped some? You been working yeah. on something? Last time I dropped music was like
1: two years ago. I dropped on Christmas Day. It was called Vanilla Sky 3. It was just like a little storm made to get the rust off. You know what I'm saying? I was, really wasn't really inspired inspired by music. Not saying I retired or not. I just wasn't inspired. The whole shit jaded me. The business, just the trials and tribulations in the game, you know what I'm saying, it was a lot on my mind. So I left. I, I, I didn't say I retired or I left the game. It was just like sometimes you got to just stop doing things because mentally it was hurting me. It was a strain, you know what I'm saying, being one of the nicest niggas in the world not getting rich from it, being depressed from that, shit not going on the way it's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? So it jaded me. So I just was like, if this shit is hurting me mentally, let me just stop it, don't matter how nice I am. So I found I found um, enjoyment in, in other adventures and talents that I have, as far as fashion, as far as acting. For the last five years, I've been um, a part of a uh, cast, The Brooklyn Way Shout, out, The Gap Murder. You know, um, we won a couple of uh, web series awards. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing the acting. I got a uh, merch line, Cranberry and Vodka. So, you know. That's Make sure you I- tune
0: in with that clothing line, too. Brody was showing me some of this stuff before the podcast here. That shit yeah. fire. So,
1: that's what I did. I just and I just uh, uh, projected my talents into other ventures. I never really stopped doing music. But... The last project I did was Vanilla Scott 3. You can get that from me by hitting me via Instagram, through Cash App, and you can get your digital copy with pictures, artwork, and, you know, bonus songs. Or you can go uh, download it or stream it on Apple Music and other, um, other uh, streaming sites.
0: So after your little break, though, you, th- you feel as though you're ready to come back with something nice, something special, something that's like a takeover?
1: I'm working on... I'm working on um, new projects um i'm gonna definitely put out vanilla sky 4 that's gonna be the last installment to the um vanilla sky uh you know s- series but i'm definitely about to get back in the studio with my my, my up top niggas great god sammy g i'm about to get rest in peace Thump mendoza i hope i, I want to have a moment of silence for my brother thump before we continue to Rest in peace, stuntman Dozo. Absolutely. Rest in peace.
0: <clears throat> you know, I feel honored and privileged for you uh, to invite me to your, your your house here and do this show, to deliver this message. And I appreciate y'all. We're, I'm, I know I'm looking forward to it because I, <laughs> I know y'all. there's something special coming.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know what I'm saying? I have to, you know, let them know I still got a bunch of fucking clips. You know what I'm saying?
0: You got some shit in the cut that you probably ain't even touching. Nah, I
1: got some shit. I, got, I just got a bunch of shit that just need to be recorded. Like I said, I I wasn't really inspired by music, but I like what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I like what's going on. I listen to everything. I listen from everything from from drill to Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? I listen to everything. I just be liking to be on point and knowing what the fuck was going on because all this shit is, you know, we, it's it's still competitive. You know what I'm saying? But The niggas that is in my field of rap Y'all niggas is in trouble <laughs> I gave y'all niggas enough time To get right Y'all, y'all got your houses Y'all got your cars Y'all jewelry All the bitches Get ready for a drought On all that shit Me and my niggas coming back We gonna really set the standards And show y'all what upstate hip hop Originated And what it really sound like And this is all authentic Cause this shit is documented We upstate hip hop we started that shit. We 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 set the standards for niggas to do what they doing now. Everybody know that. Last twenty years, we put them numbers up on the board when nobody was when nobody wouldn't fuck with niggas from Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. We was, we was the first niggas doing songs with Benny. We was the first niggas doing songs with Thirty Eight Special, niggas that had it rocking. Us, yeah, the boys. And we never went nowhere. We just let niggas do them. And we proud of everybody. We ain't hating, but like I said, everything is competitive. And when when, when we open up that Lionsgate, Gate, just be prepared for the fucking trout. Cause if you ain't dropping no heat, we gon' it's gonna dry up on niggas. I'm telling you, shit gonna dry up on niggas, B. I'm telling you, cause I already know. Niggas know when that authentic shit and it keep coming. It, he, it, it just it just it's like a flood it's just like a flood you're gonna go open with nothing but music movies videos content merch everything everything and it's all in and it's all in funny fair war and game but this year 2023 we're gonna show who's the better MCS who got the better beats who got the right. who, who really get fresh <clears throat> Who, you know what I'm saying? Who really throw that shit on? Who really get in the booth and put on? We gonna show all that shit. We gonna demonstrate this time.
0: Exposure season,
1: cause when, cause when we is coming up, we ain't had none of this shit. We ain't have none of this shit to have fun with. You know what I'm saying? You know the the biggest or the people that the, even want to help. You know what I'm you saying? guys had to make it your own way. Nah, nobody ain't want to help. Me and Taz, <laughs> we was driving from New York to Des Moines. I selling tapes. You know what I'm saying? We was doing that out the trunk. We was taking artists to their own towns, and, and making sure they they see these again. So niggas was going to their own town wasn't known, and we was making sh- that shit happen. Remember we we like shout out to Jay Bezel. Remember Jay Bezel was, was one of the hottest niggas, coming out of Philly. He, he was dead on fire. He just did the hook for Jim on a certified gangster, but nobody really knew him in the in in his region at that time. You know what I'm saying? Being from Philly, you know you know it was niggas like. Uh, Joey Jahad uh, The Figures Meek Mill Murder Mill Oh it was a bunt Beanie You know you was hearing those niggas from Philly But Bezel was a nigga that was from Philly That was nice But niggas just didn't really know him in his region But when we went out there We was making sure that nigga mixtapes go to every store We had every list from here To, to Jamaica nigga Didn't matter We was hitting them spots or We was driving I'm like, like, we ain't have social media We can get on Instagram, post a song Niggas go streaming or nothing Nah, we is touching the people with these tapes You know what I'm saying? We, you have to go. You have to be outside Like they say now You have to be outside You have to be moving around You have to be mobile For your music to get to where it got for us
0: I mean, I, I firmly believe in that You know, it's not gonna sit there and come to you You know, opportunity is definitely gonna come to you You gotta get up and go get them
1: Nah, we is never lazy You know what I'm saying? We have once the niggas got it to where they had their own studio, that shit was like, we applied what we was doing in the streets to the studio. We know in the streets, the running streets, you need that work. So we was going in that studio and giving that work, not leaving that shit, staying in that shit four or five days, go take a shower, hope that shower lasts you for another four or five days, go in. We was doing the the, uh, the Taj Mahal Uncasa shows in two, three days.
0: We was knocking out them joints two, three days. Easy. So would you, let me ask you this, would you say that break that you took to where you're at right now, you'd have to put more notches in your journey, you know what I mean, And, and, and sit there and rock these people to sleep that think they are where they are because of who they are?
1: Like I said, we done went to Des Moines, Iowa, where the population of black people was what, 3%, 2%, some shit like that. You gotta be on the road, you gotta be out touching these spots. Buffalo, Doris Records. We was dead. Like, I'm not you, smelling my shit. No, I'm coming, pulling up in that town.
0: Dropping it off.
1: Shout out to Young
0: Mike at the time that was out there. Shout out to Mike Pratt. Back then, what, what was your favorite studio to record in? Besides, you know, because there wasn't that much. We didn't, You didn't have the technology that you guys have nowadays. The home in the
1: Senate. Ain't no vibe like it. Home in the Senate. Gloom in the city on that north side of Solano. No vibe like it. Still to this day, it's no vibe like it. I done recorded in the best studios. Hip factory and all that. No vibe like that north side of Solana studio. No vibe like it. Ever. That's where all that heat was coming from. You know what I'm saying? That's what all that heat. Like the nigga I I like, it was it, it it was pressure on me to to put out Good music. You had to, because I had to. If the, if well, if I be in the booth and I look outside that glass and niggas' face don't look like they smelt some shit, I gotta. You know say no. Gotta get out. Get back to the. Get back to that pen. You know what I'm saying? That work ethic was always there. You know what I'm saying? It's just about like now. It's about timing and marketing and all that. You know what I'm saying? So.
0: What'd you say your top five hooks is?
1: My top five what? Hooks. That I did?
0: Just oh, in general, anybody name? that you can recall upon. Shoot. I mean, we know you guys so. <laughs> Damn, um... That really made you do that? Like you said, you smelled that shit? Like,
1: oh. oh, when I heard that. This one, this one joint... oh. Um, Damn, it's some old Senate shit. I think it was Hawks out, and I heard that shit. I was like, "What the fuck, yo? We want the, we want the Buffalo or perform this shit, right? Yo, before we even get to the spot." to perform this shit, bro. This hawks I was ringing through Buffalo, Rochester, Niagara Falls. That shit was one of the hardest joints, right? So we go, we get to the spot, we pull up to the club, club exit, and niggas was running out. Somebody already got hooked in this shit before we even get to fucking perform this <coughs> shit. Like, the beat, like, niggas was just about to hit the stage and shit. Like, I, I seen our music do some different shit. Like, niggas...
0: Transform a whole crowd
1: yeah I seen our shit do I am yeah. like, I'm I, I seen like some shit that we did 24 hours ago and it dropped the next day and that shit ran through the town you ain't never seen that shit like niggas ain't, niggas ain't doing that like niggas these niggas nowadays these artists nowadays it's a room about this big with about 1500 phones and a nigga pressing a button and all them phones is playing their music nah we is selling out we're selling out. Every, every mom and pop story, we couldn't keep an Uncasa in here. We couldn't keep a Senate mixtape and them shits. Gone. Niggas cop them shits. If everybody drop at the same time, they copping all them shits. And that's just how it works. We put in the work, the work like manually. Like all this generic, computerized shit. Now you have to go touch the people. You know how I mean? Autographs outside. You know how many pictures I took? You know how many floors i slept on you know how many studios i recorded in. you know how many features i get we gave out for free niggas, man, we wasn't charging
0: i mean the the, the the people nowadays is different from the people back then you know what i mean back then people authentic they know real. What you know what i mean I they, 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 our, they and, know and, they, and
1: i'm just saying that for the local artists you know what i'm saying niggas you know we just getting our features here and there making our myspace money well, i made a bunch of money on myspace i'm talking about all the local artists that was just getting their buzz and trying to get their feet wet. Niggas was getting features from Uncastle. I was dead hot. Yeah, but you never turned your back. You never changed on that. Nah, because I knew how. I knew what it was to be him, that same artist, that was hoping to get on a song with a hot nigga at the time. Nobody never did that shit for me. I had to ground and get to where I had to really prove myself to get on the Diplomat album. I was living in Chicago with Lupe at the time when I found that I was getting on, the, when I was on a Diplomat album. I read that shit in a magazine. I never knew what I did in the studio with Cam was going to materialize to the Diplomat intro, as y'all know it today. A lot of people don't even know Kanye West produced that beat. I came in the game on the Kanye West beat. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people ain't know that. First, nigga, sleep.
0: Yeah, Sound like we in the woods here, mm-hmm. back in Syracuse. He over there mowing that. Been <laughs> yeah. sleep. He over there, over there mowing
1: that lawn. But yeah. that's what
0: makes these 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 casts, you know, unique. When we come into these spots like this, it's it's very authentic. It's very unique. It's. Nah, I got but, I got tell it to me one, tell it me Oh, you fell low. You got high. But now, nah, but you back have, here got high. You
1: have to really be outside, man, and and just being a genuine artist. And being, it was it was cool. It was cool doing those features and all that. You know what I'm saying? It was cool touching the artists and and, and and being next to. You know, just you know, getting to see things blossom. You know what I'm saying? We 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 had a whole sound for Syracuse. People still to this day. A lot of people think I'm from Syracuse, New York. I'm from Harlem, New York. It's just that I got with a bunch of real solid niggas that brung me in since 1999, and we've been family ever since. You know what I'm saying? Niggas ain't have to, niggas ain't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? This, I went, I went out, I went, I went, I I, I, went, uh, I went upstate on some get money shit. It wasn't even a bit about no rap shit. You know I,
0: I mean? mean, that individual alone there. You know what I mean? You, know so you and I both know this, this industry what it is. You know?
1: You know what I'm saying? So that's what I, like I said, we wasn't at, but it was like the niggas that I went out of town with, with niggas was doing bullshit, and he seen that. And he took a liking on me, cause I wasn't going for it. And he was just like, "That's not no y'all niggas from y'all. supposed to be niggas ain't supposed to be moving like that out of here." And when them niggas went back to New York, I stayed. You know what I'm saying? I never left Taj. You know what I'm saying? Me and Taj never had no argument. Me and never, I was that's my older brother. You know what I'm saying? know, he he showed me, taught me a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? He got knowledge himself. It was like it was a, always about rap. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, let me drop some jewels. Let me help you get some money in your pocket. Come let me, you know nigga get out the house. Come up top. Come fuck with me. I ain't gonna do that shit these niggas is doing. I don't move like that. I move on a totally different principle of life. And I know Sammy, Sammy G for over twenty years now. Dump, shout out Free Lewis Vuitton. Like, I've been like since they was young kids. Young, young niggas. Young, first time I met Thump Man Dozler, he had a big ass tech on his neck on a shoestring. Young probably was 18, 19 years old, some shit like that. Wow, Syracuse. Like I've been out in them streets. Like when I went to Syracuse, I was out in the streets. I wasn't sitting in no, in no fucking crib. I was walking through through. Territorial spots. If you familiar with Syracuse, you know shit lit out there. Like I always okay. tell, I always tell my niggas from New York, like y'all niggas stinks. Which y'all niggas think Syracuse is the orange man? Y'all niggas is bugged the fuck out. The it's think, funny because
0: they think that once you get past the city here, it's nah, everything's country. I
1: said niggas will smoke your fucking boots, nigga. I was walking through territories, Boot Camp, One Ten, Murder Ave, by myself to check these niggas going to the. To the rec center, to go check my niggas, Harlem niggas, and I, I had a little buzz at the time, you know what I'm saying? But then, after I did the diplomat intro and doing all the Purple City shit, I was still welcome in that city like that. Still, East, West, North, South. Myself, people can do that though, you know? Nah, no, no, not, not, no New York nigga. I don't know a New York nigga that was doing that. Now at that time, not where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I don't know no nigga that was connected to the streets of Syracuse like I was. I can tell you an LL story, bro. Let Let's say. hear it.
0: We got number time. My man, Young
1: Mike, he booked me for a show in Buffalo. And me just being a Street nigga, I didn't want to be cooped up in my hotel, so you know I went and did the meet and greets at Doris Records and going to the local food spots and all that shit. So one day after I finished the show out there, niggas went back to a trap spot. <laughs> everybody in the trap spot was so drunk and high off of E pills and shit, and everybody was fell fell asleep. I wound up fucking finishing niggas packs for them while everybody was asleep because they was in a 24 hour <laughs> trap house. And when them niggas woke up the next day, I had everybody money in the black plastic bag. They was looking for their work. I was like, man, that shit is finished, bro. They was like, yo, you was busting the looks out the window all night. I was like, yeah, nigga, I was the only one up. You think I'm gonna asleep in this shit?
0: <laughs> I
1: might as well get the money. It's you know probably. what I'm saying? And, and, and from there, that story still rings around Buffalo. Like, niggas be like, yo, I heard, like, one of my mans just came home, so y'all was locked up with up. Uh, no, yo, yo, it's true you did this. I was like, yeah, that shit happened. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's love right there, man. You won't get that. She said, the average Joe would have probably, let me grab this up and go. Everyone's already out.
1: I'm just used to being ghetto, man. You know what I'm saying? At the time, I wouldn't do that shit nowadays. I was young. I was probably like 20, 22, 23, young. You know what I'm saying, but it was just some shit that that happened. You know what I'm saying. People think it's a myth now. That shit really happened. Like it's a lot of shit that t- that great God can tell you about. Like shit that we, you know, we lived in Texas. You know, nigga didn't see me take.
0: Was f- you chasing music on in Texas, or you just upped yeah, it out?
1: Yeah, yeah, we had a condo out there. We was riding around in Bentleys, Benzes, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? We lived out there, the atmosphere is beautiful, the weather's beautiful, the clubs is crazy, you know what I'm saying. And I was a little bit more flamboyant and cocky. I remember one time I was in a club and the girl was like, Y'all Yo, love your sneakers, I, I seen them, I couldn't find them nowhere. I took them off my feet and gave them to her and walked out the club in my socks.
0: Mm. She probably still remembers that.
1: If she's, she she def, definitely still remember that. Ain't nobody never did no shit nah, like that. That's something special. I did that, and I and you know I just did it as a stunt. Like I, I'm just stunt. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just stunt.
0: Definitely a stunt. You know what I'm saying? But I hope you wasn't stepping on rocks that night.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I jumped in the back of a Bentley. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got the black Bentley and Benz back to back that night. What Ooh. was it like living
0: at then? You know what I mean? Like
1: back then, a lot of money. A lot of money. The money was easy to get. We were selling mixtapes like our niggas were selling crack,
0: mm. for real.
1: We were selling make, yo thousands of mixtapes, bro. I'm talking about.
0: Now was you was you simulating fine art? with you would you guys tapes, you know what tapes? I mean to try, try to sell it faster, or was you just getting them shits up and down?
1: No, we package them shits up, and we go ahead every store from New York to the mall, Iowa, all
0: Man. up and down.
1: We just going, yo, We used to go. We used to go sell a few thousand CDs with school dude. Shout out to school dude. We used to go to yeah. Jersey, and go hit up every mom and pop spot out there and be sold out. Then go hit up Philly, then go hit up Binghamton, then go hit up Ithaca. Did you guys L- have a lot uh, of shows too. Shows, yeah, yeah. We did a we did a few shows. <sighs> nice. We did a few shows, but you know what I'm saying. I remember one show we did, and nigga threw ice on the stage. Um. And I, I like it kind of fucked up my performance, and so I kept performing. And as I'm looking to the side performing, these niggas fucking the nigga up, beating the shit out the nigga in the club. Boop, boop, boop. The rest of my niggas <laughs> packed that nigga the fuck up out of there. You know what I'm saying? But we had a couple of stories. I had a nigga flash a gun on me in Buffalo at a show. Word. Hey, Back forget? in the day? Yeah. I won't, I won't elaborate on that story too much, but yeah, I had a nigga flash a gun on me on stage at a at a show. Right, shit used to be shit used to be nasty on the road. You know what mm. I'm saying? I seen it, like I ain't start getting problems until I start, until I became a rapper. When niggas start calling me Uncasa and running down on me and knowing who I was from smacks and the diplomat and all the tapes, that's when the niggas start having problems. Well a nigga was just a regular street nigga hustling to get into the bag. It'd be that fame.
0: Did you man. have a lot of problems all the time? Or?
1: Not, not a lot of problems, but a nigga ran through some trials and tribulations and this shit.
0: Any you'd like to elaborate on? They didn't stick out to you?
1: Nah, you don't collaborate on, on you, don't, you don't really talk on street shit. You don't talk on street shit. Like I, like I said, what I will elaborate right <laughs> on so I'll just tell you, niggas don't be wanting to be a turn. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It, be, it, was, it, was, it was my turn, it was niggas' turn, and niggas wasn't liking that. You know, what comes with that? Mm. you
0: know what's your present you suggest to the old you huh what's the present you suggest to the old you that you could change like something that you change right now what you mean old me to, teach, to, to, to elaborate in a, a jewel fashion on speaking about like an educational way to uh, uplift you yeah. the old you well
1: now like niggas is in the information era you know what I'm saying I wish, I, I wish we had more information Cause niggas was high and niggas, it was on some. The game was to be sold, not to be told. Shit, now nah, it should be the other way. The game should be told, and not sold, because everybody can't afford the game. You know what I'm saying? That's what's fucked up. That's 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 what's been fucked up from the beginning. Everybody always been hiding their knowledge, to keep. You know, that's power, to keep a person dumb or unknowledgeable on something that you're knowledgeable on. You can always jerk them at them. You know what I'm saying? We ain't come up in a game to where niggas know. That's why I be looking at these kids, I be like, yo, how do y'all get this, getting all this money, getting all this these accolades, and go straight to jail or die out here that quick? You know what I'm saying? I be like, how? Because all we needed back in the days was to get them, keep the money. We wanted the money. Once we got the money, we would've stayed the fuck away from niggas. With money comes knowledge. You get what I'm saying? If you getting richer and you getting dumb or something going on, bro, me and my niggas, we stayed I've never been to prison. I'm 43, never been to prison. Half of my niggas never been to prison. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my niggas dead, but that's one accolade that I got, being forty-three years old, born in Harlem in the eighties and never been to prison. You know what I'm saying?
0: Now earlier you were talking about your clothing company. I wanna elaborate right on that, you because know, you got a you got a unique uh style there. I, I see and you formatted a beautiful, oh, yeah, beautiful cran- line.
1: Cranberry and vodka.
0: That's the sweater you're wearing right there? Yeah, it's underneath one of that beautiful gumbo. The,
1: yeah. This one of the this one of the um one of my pieces. Well, I started on um, Cranberry and Vodka um 2014, 2015. It just started out, it was just it was never even a beer clothing line at first. I just um I always had ideas. I always been a fly kid so I always had ideas of like I can do this fashion shit. It started off with one original piece where I had um, kind of collaborated. I had put Mickey Mouse and Biggie together and created Mick Papa, and it was basically like a uh, a Biggie like a I'll say like a biggie salute and but I mixed it with Disney, you know what I'm saying? And together it came to make Papa, you know what I'm saying? It was just a hoodie with uh the character with a coogie on and a Jesus piece and he had the Mickey ears on, but it looked like a beer. So, you know, you know, I tried to you know, for copyright, you know, I just put my own twist on two great American things far as something Greatest Disney and something great as Biggie and I just put it together. Real life the cartoon, that's and beautiful. Like, and then I did a pair of sweatpants and I put nineteen ninety four on the sweatpants going across and mm-hmm. I took a picture in it. And people was just damn me, be like, yo, what type of sweatsuit is that? What type of sweatsuit in that? And I was just like, I made this. They was like, yo, I want it. I think that that summer I sold like close to like four or five hundred sweatsuits. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When I was just doing the make I was doing silhouettes of it and then it got to the point where I went broke doing it because it, it costs a lot, you know what I'm saying? So after that, like in a pandemic, I wound up like um buying my own equipment and shit to do it myself. You know what I'm saying? I was just like so I can make a profit. But you know, I done um from day one I was getting my stuff placed, like doing product placement on my own. Like I remember when money and violence was really popping, I would run down on them they would wear my sweatsuits and my hats and shit and they, and they, in a the, uh, web series. And Kiss, he was a, in the beginning, he was a big supporter, shout out to Jada Kiss. He would call me up, be like, yo, make me a piece, I'm gonna wear it on my press day for my top five Daryl live album, and he did that, sent me the picture right away, posted like, people were showing love, you know what I'm saying? But not. I run it like, kinda on a boutique level. I don't mass produce nothing, you know what I'm saying? You only might, it only might be 10 pieces, 20 pieces or something. I keep it very limited and rare just, you know, because I feel like you don't need to see 100 people in the same thing, you know what I'm saying? You want to keep it rare, you know what I'm saying? So if you got one of my pieces, you're you going to know it's only going to be 10 mm. to either 12 to 20 pieces of it. It might only be one piece of it. Some pieces I only do one of those. And if I do one of them, it, it's gonna be expensive because nobody is not gonna have it. You're gonna be the only person, that, and I actually did it with my bare hands. You know what I'm saying? That you know that's what boosts the value up on my artwork, as far as my clothing.
0: Now, do you always try to simulate a story to, to your, your unique pieces? Or, or yeah,
1: I always everything gotta be a story. Everything is a story. Everything is, is uh, um, inspired by a thought. Everything is inspired by a feeling, a sound. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I grew up on, favorite movie, favorite rapper, uh, don't don't matter what it is. I I I just put my own spin on it. You know what I'm saying? I love um, American art. You know what I'm saying? I love culture, and and I just put it all together. Some shit. You know what I'm saying? I got pieces that I even show you that will blow your mind. But
0: can you elaborate on a piece of a story like that you're wearing, or do you leave it up to the viewer that uh, that's wearing it?
1: Well, this is basically a piece that. One day I was just had my playlist running and Slick Rick was playing, and I said, "Let me tell the story of the children's story," you know, you know what I'm saying? And I just found, you know, I found and created images of Slick Rick on my own, and I just basically, when you see the sweater that basically tells the story, like from the beginning of Slick Rick to now, you know what I'm saying? So, like. It's just basically self explanatory when it comes to art, you know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. What about uh, that gumbo that you wearing? That um, shout, beautiful charm. Um
1: shout to um big gumbo, shout out to Luke Abrazi, Alex Major, you know, shout to them. Um, I got a uh I was um you know, blessed enough to be able to get a strand with the gumbo brand. Shout out to the Untouchable Gumbo, you know what I'm saying? Hit me up. Y'all can get that Untouchable Gumbo. Just hit me up. It's the fire, you know what I'm saying? i always been a, a connoisseur of marijuana since I was a young kid, so it was only right. My boy, I've been around Luca Brasi from the 145th and Broadway days, so once he got, you know, start doing this cannabis brand, he always told me, he said, when the, whenever when I feel it's the right time, I'm gonna give you your stamping, let you do your thing and you know, 'cause I know you know how to market and, you know, promote things in a way, you know. I ain't really launch it yet. It'll be really hitting the market around I'll say, around my birthday, June and all that. But untouchable gumbo is definitely on the way.
0: Before we wrap things up here, is there anything you'd like to tell the viewers to, to you know stay tuned to, watch um, out where they were where to follow you, how to yeah, get in contact um, with you?
1: Look out for the relaunch of um True Hip Hop Stories. Everybody been DMing me, telling me to bring the stories back. I'm gonna, when I bring them back, I'm gonna bring them back in a whole new improved way. You know what I'm saying? A different setting. It's just going it's gonna, gonna be the same content, but just a different setting. Just gonna up the ante a little bit. Um, I'm also starting to go live on my YouTube page. Uh, You can get the merch at Cranberry and Vodka, Cranberry with a K on Instagram. You can follow me on the Real Uncasa on Instagram. I ain't really on Facebook or none of that type of stuff. I just, you know, I keep a minimum when it comes to social media. You know what I'm saying? So um, you can basically look out for that. Look out for... um, the project i got coming with great God real soon um vanilla sky full, top of the summer soon as the weather breaks soon as it start getting hot and that sun start coming out bring some music out for y'all but until then um still st- stay tuned into the brooklyn way web series we still we still like one of the web still webcasts that's still putting it out um Rest in peace to Boom P from Respect Life. Just went to a service today, shout out to Boom P. He's the, one of the biggest innovators in that culture. far web series. So shout out to Boom P and rest in peace, my brother. You definitely left your mark. Definitely left your mark. But um, yeah, just stay tuned. I'm still here, I'm just a little bit older and a little bit more wiser, a little bit more focused. So just, just pay attention. You know, keep your glasses, keep your lenses clean. You know, to be, you know, it's something to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a show for you. When I come back on the scene with this music, shit is definitely going to be a show. And It's all in fun. you know what I'm saying? All positive, positive vibes, you know what I'm saying? Nothing but positive vibes. Everybody going to get money. Everybody going to create dope art, you know what I'm saying? And everybody just going to, you know, stay out each other's way, you know what I'm saying? Just stay positive get to this bag there's too much bullshit in the industry you know what I'm saying let's
0: bring some love back bring absolutely some,
1: bring the fun back you know what I'm
0: saying one more thing before we leave like the touch base on your podcast that you used to have yeah how come you don't have that up and running no more well that's <clears> what <throat> I did I was just I just plugged it on the
1: Unconstituted Hip Hop Stories well when I, when I first did it it was just like an organic feeling I just one day I just turned on my laptop and I, I just start talking to my laptop about stories you know like low endeavors in my life that I felt that would be entertaining for you know viewers as I did it you know you know as you tell your truth you know your truth might include certain people and certain aspects and certain things that happen so some people you know some people might cheer you on some people might be bitter or mad about certain things so I really kind of stopped putting the content out due to the fact I didn't want to ruffle feathers because that's what that's exactly what I didn't want my content to be you know what I'm saying because one of my slogans on my show is "Pies," which stands for positive internet energy I always want to put the dopest most positive content but still entertaining on the internet but some people you know like take certain things that I talk about the wrong way and it was never in a uh I never had no malice towards any of my content. It'd just be like this is what happened in my life. And I felt, and I you know, I felt I felt that, you know, it was things that, you know, it was appropriate to share. I wasn't incriminating on anybody. I wasn't sitting in nobody jail. I wasn't telling. I was just telling my experiences for, you know, you know, educational, you know, informative purposes, you know what I'm saying, for the guys that's young that might have heard things back in the days, you know, really give them the story and the insight that it really wasn't like that, you know what I'm saying, that re- sometimes media can really put things and project things where it's really not, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, Unconcentred Hip Hop Stories was, was, like, informative content more than, Gossipy or, you know, controversial. You know what I'm saying? Some things might be controversial because of the con, you know, the people that might be included in the stories. You know what I'm saying? But I always try to, I always kept it clean. You know what I'm saying? I always kept it clean. I got 33 episodes. You can go check it out. Unconscious True Hip Hop Stories. It's just an in depth look on my life and my endeavors. Some funk stories is kind of entertaining because they're funny. You know what I'm saying? I got a few stories. I got the BMF story up there. I got the story about the Cassidy battle. I got a story about uh, me and BMF. I got, it's, it's, it's a bunch of stories, studio stories, N- Nicki Minaj. every You know, just me seeing people want to come up, you know what I'm saying? I got stories about everybody that used to come in this studio, you know what I'm saying? I even do impressions on the show, you know, like reenactments of the shit on my show, the best, you know, I, I had tried in it, and, you know, next thing I know, people was just subscribing to the channel, Now, you know, I kept going, but I'm gonna bring that back for y'all, like I said, I'm gonna start doing more lives, you know, going live on my, 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 my Instagram, doing more current events, you know, getting more in tune with what's going on, you know what I'm saying, giving my take in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Because I see a lot of people who's just going to controversial people just get on the camera and just say anything about anybody now. And it's just fucked up that people is able to do that, you know what I'm saying, with no consequences or nothing. So I try to stay out that realm of it, you know what I'm saying? Still stay entertaining, still be able for you to be intrigued by what I'm saying. But, you know, on a positive tip, you know what I'm saying? truth Stay tuned. Go check it out. It's 33 episodes.
0: You think the viewers can get a freestyle before we go?
1: I want a freestyle. Oh. All right. Yo, Black Mac Eleven, got my finger itching. Coke, I'm flipping. Fiend singing at his finger licking. Long down, dick the way we bang these bitches. Change positions when I paint a picture, know I paint it vivid. Don Kalinsky bent me, colored magenta. Oops, meant magenta. See colored placenta. Treat a Nike box like a brunch truck. Get your chips up. Pretty little bitch, giving dick sucks never spit nut. So photogenic, flow so different, so prolific. You and I are not the same nigga. Know the difference. You are you, I am him. We just coexisting. Pretty Porsche, pop a piston, playing pole position. We over living. Vegas nights Niggas poker chipping Smoking different Blow the spinach Like I grow the village Hoes exquisite going getting In my polo knitted The drop head is hot red Watch me flow up Linux. Mm. You know what I'm saying It's your boy Ankasa
0: man You know Like I said away. people You got KP here Coming here on the road We got Uncasa over here You already know This is another Tuesday episode Make sure you tap in Tuesday 9 p.m.
1: Tap in.